Are you guys sure you want to do this? Yeah, we definitely should. We haven't gone down into the recorded therapy session archive since we went and put away season two in the first place, right? It's been a year now and we don't have time to worry about it, honestly. I think the what? only thing that would have survived was those two parts of that episode we recorded with Lindsay back in like December of 2020. And I'm pretty sure we only have those on compact podcast discs. Yeah, we just need to dust it off. We're good to go. Yeah, dusty podcasts are still good podcasts. It's fine, just take it out of the box. Yeah, the box. Uh, let's see. I think it's on that shelf over there, right? This one. Yeah, yeah. I think it's... Uh, well, okay. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, not this one. Yeah. But, Come um, mm. Oh, oh, I got it. Okay. It's, oh. Well, it's got to be somewhere in here. Watch. It's, um... Ah, uh, don't oh, worry. Don't look at that. Oh. That looks heavy. Are you, ah. are you okay? Got Ooh. that. No, you're fine. Uh, 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 okay. Aha! Uh, got it! Oh my gosh, guys! Yeah, we still got parts one and two in their cases. <laughs> oh, looks like on the first one it says, Most of us were a little too tipsy for the first take, but it's highly entertaining nonetheless. See part two for a slightly more reasonable redo. <laughs> oh man. I am nervous to play this first one back again. Ah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Yeah, it's a good recording. I feel like I wouldn't even agree with my own opinions on dating apps from a year ago. You know, who knows? Hey, it's probably good. There's probably some nuggets on there. Let's just see it through. Well, here goes nothing. So let's actually hear this thing. Let's plug these suckers into the old podcast player. Pop in. Yeah. David, let's rock. Let's hear it. Okay. Everyone good? I think that's good. We're lining it's so that when we edit it, we can line up the audio. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, everyone's recording. All right, beautiful. (laughs) Welcome to season two, episode one of Recorded Therapy Sessions. We're starting off brand new season. We just wrapped up season one, and now we are back with season two. We're back, baby. Yeah. We are back. My name is Jake. Off to my left, we've got beautiful David here. Beautiful. Over across from me, we've got Wayman. Hello. And tonight, we are joined by another special guest, starting off season two, Lindsay. Hello. Welcome. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, tonight's going to be a pretty fun episode because we wanted to talk about dating, but more specifically, dating apps. Hmm. We're going to dive in more into it and just talk about what it's like to be... It's 2020. Hmm. We're in a state of COVID, there's quarantine, but young people are still single. There's, there's an issue in the there's country. There's use. lots of single people out there. And what are you supposed to do in meeting new people, but you're left at home? Yikes. What a conundrum. <laughs> Wayman, what yes. would you do in this situation? Uh, I would probably use a dating app. Mm. Whoa, that's a topic. (laughs) (laughs) So tonight I'm thinking about leading us right into where did dating apps come into the scene of dating in the first place? So getting a little like historical context into dating apps and maybe past generations and their exposure to it and what led to it. How is it different from dating before? What's good? What's not? What do we suspect the future of dating will be? And then we'll just like jump into specific dating apps. We're going to explore based on our personal experiences and other friends' experiences, recipes for success and recipes for failure when using 
these dating apps. We'll explore different types of people, different types of dating apps, how people use them, what they want out of them, and the best ways to approach those sorts of things, or how to not use dating apps correctly. (laughs) (laughs) So this is our rambling guide to dating apps. But I'd love to kick it off with a little bit of an introduction. Just think like, when you all think to your parents and your parents' parents and those previous generations, have any of them that you know of, of past generations, had any exposure to dating apps before? Like, have my parents yeah. used have they dating apps? used any of them, no. exposed any of them? No. Wait, application, like, electronic-wide, like computer, or, like, is it, like, a service? Well, I, what Ooh. do you mean? So <laughs> Matchmaking is the original dating app. Yeah. Oh, tell me more. <laughs> so, so, I think... I think my, um, I think a lot of like Asians per se, they use matchmaking. What is, is that a website or an app? No, 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 no. It's like a service. It's like a service. So like. This is pre. This is pre application <laughs> slash internet. like. Pre internet. Yeah. Like you hire someone mm. to. Yeah. That's where you get the term like, oh, I'm the matchmaker of the group. Typically or historically, a person who is good in seeing similarities between two people can say, you have these similarities. I think you guys would be a good couple. And that was the original dating app. They're called Matchmakers. Jake, are you hearing this? I've never heard of this. No, no. I'm like, I I seriously just sat back. I was like, wait, what? Like, It's it's an actual profession. People still have this profession. Hmm. Oh, it's still happening. Personally, I don't know any matchmakers. But they are out there. I mean, there's even a show called Million Dollar Matchmaker. Oh, my. Do I have to pay a million dollars? Millionaire Matchmaker. Oh, okay. That's different. I'm not a millionaire yet. Shoot. Yeah, I think mostly like right now it's like high profile people like celebrities or like people that are in like the business world where they're like, oh, I'm a CEO of this company. I'm a CEO of this company. And then they match based off of personalities and um, this cheat sheet that the matchmaker has Mm. on that person. So like your parents. No. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> No, but so you were saying your parents though. Um I think mm, I think my parent either my dad or my mom may have used the service before, I wanna say. And when I say service is more of just like them trying to find a potential spouse, right? But like Mulan, for example, right? There's the matchmaker in the beginning of that whole scene where it's just like, Hey, wife, and then <laughs> I'm gonna match you with a um a husband type situation it's like you know oh you're not gonna you're gonna bring dishonor to your family because you (laughs) didn't do this you know that that's the matchmaker (laughs) i think if we're going super far back there's a difference between arranged marriage then Mm. it moved into matchmaking Mm. because like arranged marriage is more just like financially for the family name like economically does this match make sense that was the original coupling Then it moved into matchmaking services where it was like based on your common interests, your personality types, these sorts of things. Then it was, I think you would be compatible. Now you two can get, can decide if that's true or not. And then now we've moved into applications that do it for us. Wild. And they don't even check my bank account. (laughs) (laughs) So it isn't no, it's no longer some economic institution. That's a weird thing to me. So it's changed throughout the years, but it's essentially, it's the same idea though. Mm. It's just, it's literally at the core taking people and saying, what are you interested in? What are you interested in? Exactly. I think you guys would get along. Mm. Yep. Well, if you go back far enough, it is also like, oh, your family owns that plot of land. Right, right. <laughs> How oh. many cows can your dad offer us? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> 
totally about, like dowry gives or something. yeah no, but seriously. i think of like this new concept of matchmaker which now that i think about it i've i've heard this example before but having someone that you hire specifically to go okay you like music you like music you guys should probably talk and i think too this is something that happens depending on your culture mm. there are cultures that use matchmakers still to this day and they combine kind of like old age does this make sense for your family but also compatibility wise do you have similar interests do you have similar personalities not gonna lie that sounds kind of sweet like i feel (laughs) i feel like i would really personally benefit from a matchmaker so hear me out no i feel the same way in a weird way okay how do you feel about this and this is everyone but what if this matchmaker individual that you're paying to assist you with finding your super compatible spouse not just economically speaking but just for lifelong love i love it already (laughs) the one you know what if this person was replaced with an ai so this is like some people have this prediction that with the direction that dating apps are heading with the direction that the world is heading that someday a ai could just like amass a huge database of people and then just be like oh yeah for sure based on like all this data that we have on this individual they are most compatible for you and it's like hinge it's like the equivalent of like an arranged marriage but not from your parents or like from an economic standpoint but from like an ai standpoint so when was the last time you were on a dating app because that's exactly what Hinge is. Right. You basically, each individual puts in their interests, deal breakers for them. They can even put in like physical requirements that they yeah. want in a person. And then the AI actually says, hey, this is your most compatible this week. And you can match with them and talk right. to them. Okay. Like Coffee Meets Bagel, for instance, it gives you like, here's the top one today or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, and I know like other apps do that, but I'm saying like, in the future, though, people are thinking like it'll go much, much further than just like, okay, who's ever in my town or in my region? You know, it's like worldwide and a massive like humanity in a database analyzing, okay, this is the most compatible person for you on like a whole spectrum of factors, probably beyond just like, I don't know, my star sign and my height. <laughs> you know, I know, I know Hinge does more than that and other apps too, but yeah. How would you feel about that sort of thing? Well, so this is, and I don't know if we want to dive into it now or later, but that's something that I've talked to with people. It's, I I think our generation is maybe one of the first, I don't want to be that bold and say that, but this concept of paralysis by decisions or something, because in theory, if you think of, you know, AI is going, okay, cool let's take everyone in the world and, and we'll figure out who's most compatible for you. Okay. As, as unique as we like to think that we are as individuals, we're really not. Yeah. And so how would you feel if you were to get an email? You know, I don't know what the technology will be in the future, but let's say that email. you were getting an email and go, you know, let's say you were get a little brain transmission that said, Jake, okay, Jake, here are your daily matches across the globe. You have 500,452 for, you know, like you've got mail, <laughs> right? There's, there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that would probably be compatible with all of us. I personally, I know that I'm someone that <laughs> give me that many options. I'll never make a decision because mm. it'd be, whoa, 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 I don't know. I'd be better off just being like, Hey, here's five people. Choose one. But that that's where per person, but. dating comes in 
and it becomes exciting because even if on paper you're compatible with somebody, that doesn't mean that in person you're going to be. So Mm. that's where then the dating part actually comes in. Unless you're planning on only having an online relationship with this person, you could be the most compatible people on paper and end up hating each other in person. So people estimate that it takes about 15 minutes for you to know the answer of whether or not you actually (laughs) feel genuinely compatible with someone. Is that uh, something you've personally experienced, Lizzie? Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I won't say that I'm quick to judge. However, I feel super confident in what I'm looking for and what I want. So I can really easily tell if somebody's not providing that. And like I said, I, I try not to judge too quickly because there are scenarios where somebody can change your mind or maybe they just get there in a roundabout way that you didn't expect or you haven't experienced before. But I'd say 15 minutes is is an average because there are some people who are a little bit less decisive. I've just dated enough that I know what signs I'm looking for. I know what kind of language I want to hear, those sorts of things. So I can, I can tell pretty quickly. <laughs> It's funny. Have you guys ever heard of a uh, a zeroth date? No. A what? A zeroth <laughs> date. So it's not the first date. It's the zeroth date. You ever oh, heard zero of this? Zeroth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I and haven't heard that. But the whole yeah. premise is one drink, one hour, one answer to one question, which is, do I even want to sit down for dinner with this person? Like you haven't Ooh. even had dinner with this person. It's just like. If I were to grab coffee, tea, a beer, whatever it is, with this individual for a maximum of one hour, within that time frame, can I determine, <laughs> you know, the, the whole point of it is to answer that one question, which is, is this someone I would genuinely want to sit down and have dinner with if dinner was, say, like three hours? You know what I'm saying? Wait, question on that. So is that like in the beginning, like just looking at this person and then you're like, would I want to have dinner with this person? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely intended for dating apps because, you know, you can't really gather from a profile Mm. to say, okay, I know for sure that I'm going to enjoy spending four hours with this individual. I think one hour is plenty of time to tell if you want to have dinner. I think this is how I date and how I approach all dates, regardless of who you are. Um, We're going to get a drink first, coffee one beer, one cocktail, because it takes all of the pressure off of both of us. Um, Because I'm not Mm. saying, I mean, they might meet me and maybe I'm just not the person they're looking for. Maybe what I say is not what they're interested in, whatever it is. But I don't think there should be pressure to spend like five hours together the first time, especially if, I mean, someone like me, I'm fairly decisive. So if I know 20 minutes in that I don't want to spend three more hours with you, that's hell. Interesting. (laughs) Okay. So it's reminding me of, we had an episode talking about even friendship in in that regard. And I think something pretty early on that you can pick up is obviously language. That's a great example of like, yeah, that's a great indicator of things beyond this person's general demeanor and personality. It's like something that deep down, what you're looking for is mutual values, mutual respect, basically like a similar worldview, similar mindset, those sorts of things that really establish your ground level for a good relationship well and those are things that like people are scared to talk about like your deal breakers and Mm. people are always worried about oh i'm gonna come off crazy if i bring these up too soon but it's also like it's a deal breaker for a reason yeah so 
why would you be scared to like ask about it or bring it up? Because if it's something that can make or break a relationship, shouldn't you know that firsthand? And so those are the things that I'm just never afraid to ask about because I'm like, I'm not going to spend days or months or, you know, weeks with you because I was scared to ask this the first time when we could just figure it out now. Yeah. You know, I don't hold back about the fact that, I mean, I would consider myself like a Democrat. And I think taking partisanship out of it, I think just the values that go along with that, those are super important to me. And so something like being inclusive, like supporting Mm. the LGBTQ community, supporting Black Lives Matter, like those things really matter a lot to me. And I could not have a partner who didn't agree on my stance on those things. And it's really those like core values that, yeah, they're pretty deep. It is a pretty intense conversation, but I'm Mm. going to bring those up within the first hour of meeting you and at least gauge. And I mean, we don't have to like delve into it or argue about it, but like, I'm going to gauge how you react to that question or, Mm. you know, how you feel about it. Because ultimately, if that's not important to you, then it's probably not something I want to spend more time on. Hmm. Well, one thing too, I think that I've actually enjoyed about getting older because all of us are in the second half of our 20s. Uh, I mean, two of us are about to break into the next decade here, my guy. (laughs) But what I like about dating when you get older, though, too, is it it gets a lot more concise. Where Because I think you you become a lot more straightforward where you're going, okay, look, honestly, these are the five things I'm looking for. Let's just cut to the chase here. Like, do you you meet these five things? No. Okay, hey, nice to meet you. This isn't going to work. And it's just, it becomes a concise thing. Whereas I think back to maybe, you know, when you first start dating, whatever age, you know, that 16, 18, you're a teenager and it's a completely different ball game. And I don't want to exactly say it's a big waste of time because, you know, you're young, you're trying to figure it out. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, I've actually enjoyed getting, older. I mean, lots of pros, lots of cons (laughs) to getting older and dating, but it gets a lot more straightforward the older you get. I'm just being like, look, it's simple. I'm looking for five things. Do you got that or not? But I mean, like, like to go on that point, that's where dating apps come in, right? So like Tinder, Hinge, uh, what's the other one? Bumble, Bumble. right? Mm -hmm. Like you literally have photos. And then also like for Hinge, I really like Hinge, right? Because you can actually add like snippets to like answers of questions or like provoke a question and, you know, get those five things that you're looking for in a sense. Wayman's, Wayman's Hinge has probing questions where he's like, if you were to make this dish, what would you pair the main course with? And then depending on their answer, he'll choose only. where goes out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Seriously, that's like the one main question that I ask any individual that I'm <laughs> Wait, thinking. what? No, 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 it's true, it's true. So when I first started dating somebody, if they can't bring me to like a picturesque state of like what they were eating that day, how they felt, and then give me like this like really like artistic like i'm in a dream state of flavor profiles a journey through their food yes yeah. <laughs> like literally a journey through their food it's like almost a it's a deal breaker i'm just like wayman whatever. has a high bar is what you say <laughs> yeah <laughs> so actually we can add on to a past episode where wayman's two requirements for women are that they must have long hair, long hair yeah. and they must be able to picturesquely describe <laughs> their last meal and i quote dream state (laughs) (laughs) no it's true like i asked the question and it's just like oh you know i had this like one dish that was really good and you know it was like pork 
I'm like, okay, cool. Like, tell me about this pork. Like, give me, <laughs> like, give me the taste. Do you know what cut it was? Or like, even just like, was it juicy or something like that? Like, I need more details than just like, it was good. And I'm like, <sighs> wait, do you ask? So if you were to go on a date, mm. you match with someone on Hinge, you go out, you go out to Red Feather here in Boise, right? <sighs> if only and Red Feather was still around right now. Love Red Feather. Just <sighs> work with me here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here, I'm here. You go out, you sit down, mm. you order drinks, great, small talk, da-da-da, it's time to get into the meat of the conversation. Is that the question you pull out is, uh, tell me about pork. Hi, nice to meet you. What's your <laughs> no, pork? No, no, no. So, that, so <laughs> like how we, how um, David was talking about like the zero hour, uh-huh, like yeah. that's my zero hour. Like okay. even before we start like, hey, would you like to go out and grab something to eat? It's more of like, Tell me your favorite dish. Oh, this is in the, the messages. Like, this is in the messages. This is even before we start. Because, like, if you can get past that, then it's okay. Wayman, let me ask you this. Okay. If you met, like, your dream girl, mm. especially, like, let's say, right, we're talking dating apps, like, physical type. You're like, I'm in love. I know nothing about this girl, but she's amazing. Mm. Then you message her, and she's like, I know nothing about food. I eat chicken nuggets every day. Would you be willing to teach her about this? Do you think there's some benefit in that, in teaching her something about yourself? Or is that just straight up a deal breaker if she eats chicky nuggies every day? She's never (laughs) getting with Wayman. Are you willing to rescue this poor broken woman nibbling on chicken nuggies every day? So I do you think she can change? (laughs) Is it worth it? those chicken nuggies <laughs> <laughs> you say what's your favorite meal and she says dino nuggets and totino's pizza rolls Totino. okay if she says Totino pizza rolls it's in yeah. like let's go we're in we're in All that's right. green one, light that's one dirty food that i will always be like okay dirty. yeah that's fine dirty foods love it <laughs> there comes a time when you need a meal quick it's true totino's <laughs> pizza rolls <laughs> but like could that not be a trick up your sleeve think about Mm. If you've ever heard what women really want, come on, teaching a girl how to cook your favorite meal Mm. Mm -hmm. could be super romantic. Why not use that as a trick up your sleeve and say, it's okay, boo. If you don't know anything about food, I got you. I will teach you. (laughs) So, Lindsay, you need to get out of my head right now. (laughs) Because that's a straight up move that I use. But Sorry, I just outed you. I know, thanks. (laughs) No, 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 but... It also depends on the mindset, right? So if she's like, okay, I really love chicken nuggies, <laughs> nuggies. dinosaurs only from Costco. You know? But if she's like, but I'm, I'm trying to build out my palate or something like that, like on those ends of like actually growing, then of course I'll try and pursue it, right? But if it's more of just like, I like chicken nuggets and that's all I'm going to eat. Barbecue sauce, no hot sauce, no Frank sauce, you know. Just plain old chicken nuggets and barbecue sauce. BBQ, baby. Yeah, BBQ, I literally will drop it. So like, you need someone with a palate more developed than a five-year-old. Yes. <laughs> Got it. Like that's, it's a, okay. that's a bar. That's a bar to pass. That is a bar, yeah. If, if it's like something where they're just like, I'm a really picky eater, but I'm looking to grow, 
okay, cool. Like, let's, let's work on it. Right. And then, you know, we'll do the cooking thing. And I say, when we'll do the cooking thing, it's more me doing the cooking thing. And then her just like kind of sitting there on the counter, just like, oh my God, that's really cool. Like, wow. So nice to meet you. Glad we identified this area of opportunity (laughs) for you. Um, Work on it. (laughs) Wow. That was very PC. (laughs) But the under, the underlying theme of that, from what I'm hearing is open-mindedness. Because open-mindedness manifests itself in different ways. For you, cooking is very important. You need someone who goes, look, I love chicken nuggies. <laughs> However, I'm okay to try maybe a filet mignon, maybe some beef bourguignon, right? So open-mindedness is the, is the underlying factor here. Yep, yep, yep. If um, somebody were to get up and go to the kitchen and get wine. Hold on, I got you. David's got okay, you. Okay, well, shit. So I'd love to ask, do you approach these sorts of questions that are like the non-negotiables? What you're really looking for in a relationship that you're like, I know for a fact that if I find someone like this that I'm dating, that I'm like, I know this is not going to work out. So do you have an approach to gathering that information in a reasonable amount of time so that you're not wasting both people's time, right? And if you do, is it, as Wayman's saying, like, do you pop one of these questions within the first moments of messaging someone on a dating app? Or do you wait until this first date or zeroth date to like meet in person to pop these questions or like how soon are you going through these sorts of filters so to say no so i think it needs time you can't ask the deep questions right off the bat you can't match with someone on a dating app and go oh man that's great so who are you voting for (laughs) like that's that's just an instant you're not going to make any progress Now, I know that's where the dating app should start to filter that out from the get-go. You can get that basic information and start Mm. to, and kind of filter from there. Yeah. However, there needs to be a warm-up period. I I feel like we've talked about this in a past episode where you can't unload yourself fully on someone right from the get-go, unless that's your MO, right? Where you're going, okay, look, I'm just going to throw all my cards out on the table and see where, you know, if they buy in, then great, we got something there. Actually, I don't know. I'd be curious to hear. Personally, I don't throw all my cards out on the table right from the get-go. Just be like, here we are. Like, I'm genuine to myself, <laughs> but me. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, this is Jake. What's up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, we talked. Episode yeah. six, I think it was. Yeah, the yeah you guys course. were talking about this with friends who don't have social awareness or like yeah. don't have awareness yeah, of themselves. So yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, it's different per person, right? Some people are just like that. And I mean, it does. That's obviously a very effective way to filter out people that aren't interested in that or can't handle that. I'm kind of with Jake. Like I know, I do know what I want and what I'm looking for. And I know what I bring to the table, but there are some things obviously that, yeah, maybe I bring it up on the zero with date. Is that what you call it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe there are some things that I do bring up at that point Mm. when we're in person, but there are some things where like even messaging, like it's over an app, right? Like you, you can't really feel that person's vibes, but There are some people who you do vibe with over even messaging, and that is really what interests me in even meeting up with somebody. If we can have a good, light, funny conversation via Tinder messaging, there's probably a good chance that at least conversationally we're going to connect in person. So like, then I'd be open to talking to you in person. 
that's where then I might bring up some of some of my like bigger deal breakers that I want to find out quickly. It's a good point you bring that up. I think there might be a difference here between men and women, but you know, just this very idea of the willingness to meet up in the first place, right? Like, yeah, so you match. How much does that mean to each individual on their side? What does that mean to them? What are their expectations with a match? I think this varies per dating app as well. But, you know, you have a match. What does that truly mean? What are your expectations for that? And then next up is how willing are you? And at what point do you find the full willingness to meet up in person? What are those steps that you need to take? I think the reason why I say it might be a little bit different is... (laughs) There is a stereotype that would suggest that men are a little bit more desperate. <laughs> and so they're like, hell yeah, I got a match. When we meet up, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. But, you know, not everyone operates on that. And I mean, I think it depends on the person and the app as well. I think that's like another factor of this. But for you all, do you have a conscious gauge of these sorts of things when you're like, okay, you know what? I'm ready to either like pop the question or if the other person pops the question of a first date, I would accept it. You know, I would be willing to meet this person right now. Can we Matching cate- means nothing. Oh. Wait, hold on. Categorize it <laughs> based off of app. Or people who have Categorize it based you. off of app. That's, okay. that's what you need to do first. What are your thoughts? Go ahead. You can lay it out. Okay. So, <laughs> this is so bad. Bumble is like ego. You get match. You're like, yes, somebody actually matched with me. Because Bumble is like, you, you swipe left and right, right? But it's like, it's always the girl starts the conversation for the guy side, right? Uh, girls start the conversation. You match, your ego is like, whoa, sick. But then it gets depressing when the girl does not do anything with it. So it's like oh, no. literally just saying, oh, thanks for liking me. And so in my mind, I'm like, oh, this girl is just just looking for an ego boost on Bumble. Hinge, Hinge is a little bit different because you you can either like a specific post or like, put in an answer right or like you know put in a comment based on the on the photo and so when you get a match on that or like i don't even know th- does it match i don't think it matches it just says hey this person likes your thing and then it's you can be like, like yeah. yeah so it says hey this person likes this comment that's on your bio and then you can choose to match with them or not mm. so then at that point that's like on on the end user that gets the like that's like a huge ego boost again right and so then it's like, okay, let's start the conversation. I feel like Hinge is more of like, is like an actual match if the conversation goes well, right? Tinder, <laughs> Tinder is like literally match, DTF, no, see ya. Ain't got time for that. You know what I mean? Okay, <laughs> so here's, <laughs> here's my experience with dating apps. I'm going to focus on Hinge. Uh-huh. This is what I cannot, so I'm open to feedback. I would love constructive criticism, but here's what happens on Hinge. I go through, I like something. I swear to God, this is like 90% of the interactions. I go through, I like something. Then the girl goes, okay. She invites me to start the conversation. I go, cool. Hey, what's up? No response. That's literally, that's like, if, if this is the place for like cheesy pickup lines, I'm not the guy for that. So that's, I'm trying to figure out because my failure rate is like 98% on that. On Hinge. With, with the girls, yes. Kelly has invited Dude, you. I swear to you, I just messaged a girl the other, like literally less than 24 hours ago. Uh-huh. And I like something. She invited me to start the chat. I was like, what's going on? Wait, Nothing. Jay, do that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so the great thing about Hinge is I don't understand that either. But like I had left a like on a comment and within that message, because Hinge encourages you to oh, leave a message. Yeah. <laughs> I left a question within the like and I sent it off, you know, to whoever this person was. And then the response was, so-and-so has invited you to uh, start the conversation. And I was like, scratch my head. I'm like, huh. ah. Yeah, no, so cool. That was, that was good. I love that answer. Um, yeah, great talk. Do we just like repeat the question or like ask another one? Like, what are you looking for? Uh, yeah. So what is it about dating apps that you're looking through someone's profile? You see someone that you're attracted to and you go, okay, send a like. Maybe they like back and they go, okay, cool. Start us off. What do you got? And you're like, hey, I'd like to learn more about you. And then nothing. And I'm not saying this as a victim because I've also done this to people where I've liked, I've liked women on a dating app, they've been like, oh, cool, I like you back. And then I just, I'm like, eh, never mind. I think a really big part of whether or not you decide to message back, I think there are like two big things. The first one is truly sometimes you're on a dating app because you're bored or because like you need some sort of attention, mm-hmm. right? I totally mm-hmm. do that. Like yeah. currently I I had recently deleted all, like fully deleted all of my profiles, not even just the app. I deleted the profiles. Yeah. Obviously we're in COVID um, and I got really bored again. So I like re-downloaded Tinder, which arguably is the worst one. <laughs> but also I was like, this is more just for like entertainment. This is more, which I mean, it's depressing mm. entertainment, but that's what it was. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah. I will say there are, so there are times like this where even if I do get a match with somebody, I might not message them because I'm like, I'm truly here just for like entertainment. Like I'm not really here to try to connect with somebody. That's the, that's one big thing. Or like Mm. there are honestly times where you're just super busy, like just in your personal life. And even if you match with somebody and you're like, that person seems cool. You just like, you're on so many different levels thinking about different things that sometimes it's like four days later and you completely forgot. And then you're like, oh, I did get a match, you know? And it's, but then it's at that point you're like, I mean, you could try to start that conversation up again, but it's also like, okay, it's been like four or five days. Yikes. I'd say, yeah, yeah, that's one big thing. But the other big thing is, I'm not going to lie, like, and I mean, I know that openings can be hard, right? And I don't like, obviously pickup lines, everyone knows that those are just ridiculous. It doesn't (laughs) matter who you are. Sometimes they're funny though, right? Like sometimes if you just go all in and just really send it with a stupid pickup line, it Mm. can be funny. So it's almost like a comedic opening, like, obviously this was supposed to be dumb but there are sometimes where guys will message and just say hey and i'm like i don't really know what i'm supposed to do with that and clearly not a whole lot of effort went into the opening here so like i'm over it too or the other one when they message you and they say what's your snap and i'm like yeah i'm a 26 year old woman i'm not gonna snapchat you so (laughs) (laughs) yeah snapchat that that and Left you would the equation long ago. You would be shocked how many men specifically, and that's obviously all I can speak to, but men have this weird obsession with Snapchat. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I'm not Snapchatting you. You're 29. I'm 26. <laughs> I'm not Snapchatting you. Like, I'm not. No, I'm not going to. And I do technically have a Snapchat, but honestly, I use it to talk to my siblings and my cousins. And that yeah, is it. Yeah. 
That is truly it. And it's just like such a weird thing. Like, maybe talk to me a little bit. Like, I'm not just going to send you pictures of my face with a filter on it. I don't know. It's weird. But honestly, I think this the snap thing for me, it's again, like, if you were to say, oh, what's your Instagram? Like, everyone does this, male, female. We all have to verify, right, who we're talking to. That's not a, that's not uncommon. We all turn into small FBI agents, right? <laughs> But I think with Snapchat, it just feels a little bit like sleazier. It feels like you're, I mean, the whole point of Snapchat is that the picture disappears. It feels like the immediate next step is that you're going to ask me for a nude and it's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's like the free version of OnlyFans. Yeah. And except I don't want to show you anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird because the nature of it is like the equivalent of a flash. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, literally. Yeah. literally. Like, it's like, ooh. Hey, I think you're cute. You should flash like, me. Like, one, a one-second little clip of like, oh, what was that? <laughs> well, that's... So, I feel like... I don't want to generalize, but I feel like a lot of older generations would probably look at that and be like, what happened? Mm. Like, back in the day, you used to, you know, <laughs> ask someone out and stuff, and now it's just, yeah, you're on your apps and going, yo, uh, what's your Snapchat? Back in the day, you used to just flash people if you wanted to. Back in the day, I just, I just flash people. <laughs> there was no if ands, or buts about it. It just happened. <laughs> but it, Y'all but, got apps for that now? That's ridiculous. <laughs> it is interesting to look at still the dating in general over time. Nothing has changed, but at the same time, everything has changed. Where it's it's still people just looking for <laughs> connection, just looking for that other person. However, the method is I don't know, different. And I think also something accessibility is really playing a big part. I, I've used Definitely. this example. I've talked to two different friends about this now, but I feel like, you know, okay, what would I know? But right, but back in the day, I feel like you'd go out to a bar. Let's say you walk into a bar, there's 30 people there. Just for the sake of example, there's 30 people. 15 are men, 15 are women. Okay, so pick your preference, right? You get you have 15 options to choose from, essentially. Nice. That is what <laughs> <laughs> that is what you have available to you. Now, I I personally can look at 50 women on a dating app before I even roll out of bed in the morning. You know what I mean? That so is true. it's a completely yes. different it's a completely different game. And I feel like a lot of young people too also have that, you know, indecision or mm. like, you know, paralysis <laughs> by having too many, op- you know, like when you have two, 200 options, how are you yeah. supposed to make a decision? Whereas, like I said earlier, give me five options. I'm way more likely to make a decision if you give me five options rather than give me 200 options, you know? So exactly, dude. It's interesting. Episode three, man, the paralysis of choice. We talked about this before. <laughs> you wanna, we you talked wanna. about this. It's so hard to commit to something when you're thinking about all 20,000 options could I be in the background. Out on? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you, you're going to have buyer's remorse from whatever decision that you do commit to because you're like, oh, I have like so many other likes sitting in the background that like I haven't really checked out yet. But also like, yeah, even if you do have like, I don't know, 15 likes coming in a day, you're going to be like overwhelmed by the amount of options that you have. Whereas like, <laughs> I remember my grandpa telling me the story about how he met my grandma and how they started dating and all that. It's so freaking simple. They're like, <laughs> we went to our town dance every month. <laughs> and and eventually party. I asked her to dance 
And that was that. <laughs> and that was that. Right. And then next thing you know, they're married. I don't know. Like, that's so, like, it sounds so freaking simple, but it's probably like, yeah, there were 15 women there, but I asked your grandmother today. <laughs> so that's my question to everyone is, okay, we are all young people. We all have, you know, for the sake of example, 200 options in front of us. How do, so how do we make a decision? I have, I have a pretty solid opinion on this. I will say that I definitely, again, I'm obviously can only be in one generation. I can only offer my perspective, but, and this is not to say that older generations settled by any means. However, I think that the requirements or like your must have list, right? Like I think most females have this. I think a lot of guys have it too. Even if it's not written down somewhere, there are just like must haves, right? But I think the must have list was a lot smaller and it was a lot more general. So even if you only had 15 options, there was like three to five of those people that met that requirement. And then it was kind of like, okay, and then out of those five, who do I have the most chemistry with? I think now we have a lot more option of being way more specific about what is in our must-have list. And I think, I mean, there are pros and cons to that, right? Like the con is obviously you have so many choices. Maybe you just never choose and maybe you cripple yourself in that way. But I think the other option is that you have the chance to say, this is exactly the type of person that I know I need to be in a happy long-term relationship. And you don't have to settle for something less than that because you do have way more options. The other problem with that, though, is then you run the risk of never finding someone that fits your list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really is a balance. You run the risk of dying alone. That's <laughs> well, it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Well, because yeah. that's the one for my friends. That's the one thing that I hear constantly is like, you got to lower your standards. No. And-, and I think that's garbage. Do not lower your standards. Never do that. Woo-woo. I am a huge advocate. Like if you have a must have list, if those are truly, if you've looked at it objectively and have said, these are truly things that I cannot budge on, do not budge on them. Mm. I think I've gotten that quote unquote advice too. You just have really high standards. And I think that is absolute shit. Excuse my language. But like, I think (laughs) that is just the worst. And I think Mm. that's such a cynical way to look at it because I think there is somebody that can fit that list. And I mean, obviously you have to be realistic, Mm. but if you're a realistic, logical person and you have this must have list, don't change that just because other people think you should be finding a match Mm. sooner. Only change it. If you are looking at it objectively and saying, okay, this one might be unrealistic. If you're okay changing that, then do it. But like, if those things are on your must-have list, do not change that just because you're 28 and single. I think that's absolutely trash. <laughs> oh, amen. I tell you what. <laughs> what? So tell us a little bit. Like, how do you maintain the realism with your idealism? Which is like to say, like, you have high expectations, yes, but you keep them in check with reality, right? Like, how do you navigate that? I think for me personally, it's I have revisited and I do revisit my kind of like must haves list because it does change. And as I've gotten older, it's absolutely changed. The things that are important to me are different. But I think, too, it's looking at the collective list and saying, could somebody actually attain all of these things at the same time? If the answer is like maybe to no, then then I need to reevaluate. 
But if the answer, because too, my must haves, I feel are very attainable. I'm not asking, like, I don't have any sort of like physical requirements. I'm not like, you have to be 6'3", you have to weigh this much, you have to have this hair color. (laughs) Those things are ridiculous, right? Because like, your physical person could end up being something way different than you ever thought. Yeah. My must have list really comes down to like, character values. Like, you must be honest. I don't care who you are, or what you look like. Honesty is my number one thing you must be able to communicate with me, right? If you can't tell me what you want, I'm not here to read your mind. I'm not here to tell you what is right for you. (laughs) So if you can't tell me those things, it's not going to work. If I have to constantly be pulling that out of you, it's not going to work. But Lindsay, you didn't pick up on all my signals I was (laughs) chopping. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Like, again, I'm a Taurus. I'm an earth sign, but I'm not a mind reader. Like, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Yeah. Oops. You know, and so it's just these things that I don't feel are so far out of the realm that a single person couldn't ever obtain them. And it's, you know, loyalty, honesty, communication, and, you know, like open-mindedness. Those are like some of my like top five, that's only four, but those are like in my top five of things that I know that one person can have those values. And those are things that I feel like I have. So I know that somebody else can have them. Right. Yeah, so you can use yourself as that sort of gauge of like, okay, if I can reasonably on a day-to-day basis maintain these character values, right? I can probably expect I can find some other dude out there who can do the same. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of an approach I've been taking as well as like, it's easy to get out of hand with idealism, with like, oh man, I have this dream woman who's going to like meet all of these high expectations. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, okay, okay. If I were to flip that and put that on myself, how far would I go before I fall flat on these sorts of like high expectations? I'm like, totally. okay, okay, real is in a little bit, but like, okay, I can hold myself to like some pretty high expectations still and still maintain that level of like, these are things that I can expect of someone else because- I know of my very flawed self, I can at least obtain these things, you know? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, and flipping it back on yourself, like you said, if those are things that you can maintain, then like you said, those are very fairly things that you can expect of somebody else. Well, one thing I want to ask though, too, is because it's related to this idea, but maybe it could be, it could move into a conversation about like opposites attract or is it similar attract? Because- I think for me, one thing is that when I when I think of like my core values mm. or, you know, whatever attributes that I look for, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I start to think about almost, uh, I'll just say, for example, like the female equivalent of Jake. Yeah. Like there's, you know, because you were talking about, you know, what attributes or as we flipped it back on ourselves being like the attributes that we set expectations for, could we actually meet those? Yeah. And when I was thinking about that, I was like, yeah, what I look for, I, I, I meet those. And then I was like, oh God, am I just looking for a female version of Jake? <laughs> Or, you know, or so then that calls into question, do you, do you find someone that is super similar to you or the whole concept of opposites attract maybe to what, you know, to what extent? Yeah. Because I think it's important to have differences and to have 
you know, you can't be identical, but at the same time, maybe what's that proportion look like? Is it yeah. a 80, 80% similar, 20% different or, you know? No, I mean, I don't know how you put a number to those things like proportion wise, but I do think when people say opposites attract, I think the really important thing to remember is that there are, there are also different types of opposites, right? Is this mm. an opposite that I can actually learn and grow from? Or is this an opposite Ooh. that so strongly opposes me that I can't coexist with it? Yikes. And I think you have to be able to determine what those opposites are. Because the relationships that work out, I think, that are two people are very opposite. It's because they fill in something that the other person could improve on or grow in. So they learn from each other. That's so beautifully put. <laughs> but if you're an opposite that is just like, we can't coexist because we are on so polar ends of this, that's not, you know, that becomes a toxic situation. Yeah, it's not healthy. Where it's just, there is no compromise. You're not growing from each other and you're just butting heads constantly. There, you know, there's two different scenarios. Yeah. Well, that's what's so, that's what's fascinating because I know couples that will just use politics. I think that's an easy, <laughs> that's an easy example. But I know couples that have not worked out because their political views have been very different. However, I know plenty of couples that do work out and still work out, even though their political views are different and they get in, you know, and they will butt heads, if you will, about political views, but somehow it's still, they're still good. So I yeah. don't know. That's it. It's tough. Cause like, I mean, how you think, taxes should be spent versus how you think children should be raised. Those are like two very different questions. 100%. But eventually they correlate to values, right? I mean, like underlying each political view, each parental view, each view you have of the world overall, there's going to be some, as Lindsay was saying, like a character value underlying mm -hmm. that. And I think that's really what matters. So there are some yep. political issues that it's like, Political differences can mean a whole hell of a lot of difference within some relationships if it determines things like how you parent. Totally. But I think even look at, so take another topic that's a big one, religion, yeah. right? There are plenty of couples that are different religions, but again, it all comes down to whatever religion you identify with, are your core character values aligned? If they are, religion is really just how you practice that and how you show that. Mm. If they're not, that's where it could become a point of contention because that just means at your core, who you are and what you believe is different. Yeah. And so then it's like, if you are staying with that person, you know, is it something that you're compromising who you are or is it something that you're just, you have differing views on how you practice your faith, you know? So it, you can right. apply that logic to literally any big opposition that couples face. I think right. religion, politics, you know, even like whatever it is, you the can weather. just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the weather. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I think ultimately any of those topics come down to like truly at your root, what is your character value and what is right. important to you as a person? Yeah. And some of them are deal breakers. Some of them are not. And, right. Because that's mean, where, I mean, compromise comes in. What are yeah. you willing to compromise on and what is something that you feel passionately about and will not budge on? And I think... That's where, too, I mean, like Wayman talked about earlier, like open-mindedness is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. So we can have different values if you're willing to learn and you're willing to listen, as well as share your perspective. That's a super important thing at the base because, you know, again, couples can grow and change together 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that's a really important part of being in a like a partnership is mm-hmm. making each other better. Yeah. Well, not not to plug this podcast, but <laughs> this is this is no, seriously, hear me out. This is what it comes down to. You have to talk to each other to understand. I think that's what we're that's a big thing of what we're trying to get at is like talk and understand someone else's opinion yeah. and be open minded to that. And I think that's a, I'll, I'll mirror Lindsay here, but that's a huge factor for me is I want open-mindedness in a partner mm-hmm. just because I've seen it in my own life so many times, like what you can learn and what you can gain from being open-minded, really dumb example, but it's so pertinent for the longest time I said, I didn't like whiskey. I said, <laughs> Nope, not for me. I don't like it. And then in the vein of Wayman, I was like, no, I love I love food and drink. <laughs> yeah. I want to be appreciative of it. Yeah. So I said, you know what? Maybe I'm missing something here. Let me let's just try it out. Let's see what we have here. Boom. I love whiskey now. And so and so here, <laughs> here is something. It's a dumb example, but I think it's a very simplistic example of going, there's a lot in this world, in this life to maybe understand, to enjoy, to learn something from. Mm-hmm. I I truly don't understand people that are locked into their ways and they go, nope, this is just how it is. This is what I believe in. And that's that. And just don't talk to me. This is, I don't get it because I go, what if you're missing something? And most of the time you are. Right. One person right. can't know all perspectives. Mm-hmm. You know, one person can yeah. never truly have all experiences, you know, that actually represent a large group. It's just yeah. not possible. And so, I mean, that's where, yeah, what if you are missing out? If if you ever have to ask yourself that question, you probably are missing out, you know? And that's where one of the phrases that has come out of 2020 that, I mean, applies directly to the dating world is normalize changing your opinion, Right. And I think that's okay. That comes with growth. That comes with learning from others, you know, and it doesn't matter what that's on, whether it's politics, whether it's social issues, whether it's the food you like, whether it's the drink you like, it doesn't matter. If you're going to, if you're willing to try new things, you're allowed to change your opinion, you know, and I think, yeah, that's something that more people just need to adopt. I'm going to stop myself because I could start going on a big... Yeah, I was going to say, we're getting how. off of dating here. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, dating apps, But I mean, right? yeah. I was going to say, but at the core of that, I mean, for me personally, and this changes for everyone, those things are super important to me. Those things are some of my really yeah. big deal breakers when I look for a partner. Yeah. If we don't agree fundamentally on these like really large topics that I do feel super passionately about... I'm willing to hear you out, but ultimately, like, if we don't agree on those, I'm mm. not going to waste your time and I'm not going to waste my time because we can learn from each other if that's in the cards. However, if it's something that we're just going to keep butting heads on, like, it's just not right for either of us. So. But again, can we talk about these sound bites? Just take me saying need more wine like seven different <laughs> times throughout the episode and be like, give me the bottle. <laughs> I was like, really? So to keep it lighter, we're talking about like ridiculous deal breakers. I would love to know what your like admittedly stupid deal breaker is. Everybody has them, right? And you're like, I can acknowledge that this is just dumb. There's no reason this should be a deal breaker, but it is. I like the ones that just like 
to most people are just like, what? So like my ridiculous filter. <laughs> what is it? I know you can't see me physically while listening to this, but I'm not a runner. Okay. <laughs> and I don't oh. mean this. I don't mean this in a degrading way to myself at all. Yeah. Um, but I do not have the body of a runner. Okay. Nor do I wish to. No offense. People look great as runners, but I always joke and say, if you ever see me running, run in the same direction because there's a damn good reason and it is not for my health and fitness. <laughs> so I'm not going to lie. This is a super ridiculous immediate swipe left. But if you have a picture with like a marathon bib, oh. it is a left swipe for me because I will never wake up with you and go on a run. And my worst, my absolute worst nightmare is like marrying into a family who is excited to do a turkey trot. Oh, I would truly rather be single for the rest of my life than have to convince my family every year as to why I'm too sick to do a turkey trot. I just, it's, and I know it's stupid. I know it's like the dumbest thing ever because who knows, maybe my soulmate is a marathon runner. Wow. But I'm not into it. if I need a water or a coffee or a white cloth. So here's here's a question that I pose to my friends and that we've talked through before because this is a really interesting concept. Think about any of your, you know, past relationships, flings, interests, whatever. If you saw them on a dating app, would you have swipe left or swipe right? Because at least personally, I know that I look at any past relationship or anything, I'm I'm not exactly confident that just given just a picture, just for the sake of example, we'll say just one picture. Mm-hmm. I'm not confident that I would have swiped right. Yeah. It's the it's the personality aspect that that draws you in yeah. and intrigues you and goes, right. oh okay, wait, there's actually the chemistry piece. Mm-hmm. It's going wait, there's something here. Oh yeah. Also, every once in a while, Lindsay, we'll be able to pause and cut whatever yeah. the hell we want. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important, and this is also partially me just reminding myself, being like, stand strong, buddy. But, <laughs> stand strong, buddy. dude, maybe it'll take until, because you're 29, you're on the cusp of 30. Me too. It's okay. We're there. Same age friends. It may take until you're 32, 33 to find that person. That's okay. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's an investment, and don't, yeah, and I I hesitate in saying this because- it could be misconstrued, but like, don't settle. You know what I mean? Like I, I really am someone who's going, no, 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 just hold out. It's there. Just make sure you're, well, I don't know. Cause half the time people are like, Oh, I didn't expect it. It just happened. I think you the know? important thing though, in saying don't settle is you still have to like date, right? right you still have right. to try. Mm-hmm. You have to put yourself out there. So like, even if that means you go on a hundred more dates, that's Okay. But don't, and I mean, and again, this is also where, like, be realistic about what your intentions are. If you truly just need attention and want to hook up with somebody, that's okay. Do you. But be honest about what you're looking for. If you're looking for an actual relationship long term, you're looking for commitment, don't settle until you find that person. Like, Mm. what's the point? Truly, what is the point? What are you gaining from settling for somebody who you know that you're not going to be ultimately happy with? I mean, I know you can learn something from everybody, 
Yeah. But like, (laughs) but date them, right? And that's where I think dating is different than being in a relationship. Like date people, Yeah, learn from them. But if ultimately you know that that's not the person that you're going to be with long term, then like be honest about that too and cut it off. There's nothing wrong with saying this is not what I'm looking for. Oh man, I wish I had Lindsay's like bravado. Listen, (laughs) I'm just saying I have dated. (laughs) I have dated. No, and I'm like, that's the, it's the joke, but I'm like, your girl is single for four years and that is not for lack of trying. Mm. In those four years, I have dated quite a few people and even some of them for like two to three months, right? But I was not in a relationship. It's like, you just have to keep trying. And I mean, it sucks, right? Like rejection on any front is never fun. Or if it doesn't work out and you spent time on it, that's not fun. Mm. But the idea is that like, just because one date or one person that I was seeing didn't work out. I mean, that doesn't mean it's never going to work out. And again, I mean, the most, I will say the most annoying and overused phrase I feel is It'll happen when you least expect it. (laughs) And again, it could be true. I'm not saying that it's an untrue statement. I just think it's so obnoxious to hear. One, because I know that it is true. (laughs) 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 But But two, because I'm like, that's so vague and unspecific. Like... What do you mean when I least expect it? I'm actively dating. I expect it always. Like, (laughs) you know. Well, to go off of that too, it's like, yeah, if we take those phrases that are so vague and generic, but like also so applicable, (laughs) it's a phrase of like, well, when you know, you know. And I hate that. that I hate that phrase. Like, (laughs) well, well, when you know, you know. know. However, (laughs) like you said though, Lindsay, I'm going, yeah, you know what? I, I'm gonna it's gonna happen to me Jake's like god you damn know. it I know <laughs> like, like, yeah, I can I, already feel it in my yeah well, it's gonna it's just... I hate that phrase yep. but at the same time I know it's gonna be true like when you get in this situation you're like kicking yourself because you're like I am basic <laughs> I've fulfilled the prophecy I am every living room <laughs> like yes. wall decoration yes when you know you know but it's like, oh my gosh, I hate patience, my friend. I hate waiting. But I will say I fully, one of the statements though, a lot of these statements I'm like, yeah, true. When you know, you know, it'll happen when you least expect it. Mm. One though that I absolutely disagree with is like, if you stop trying so hard, it'll happen. <laughs> I disagree with that because I'm not saying you always have to be like putting in a ton of effort to meet somebody. Mm. Sometimes it is like you bump into someone at a grocery store. Like it's a a rom-com, you know, that does happen. It does happen in real life. However, I think if you live by that philosophy only and you're not trying ever, it's a lot less likely that you're going to meet somebody. You know, it's like, I think you still have to put effort into it and you still have to be willing to put yourself out there for that to happen. But would you do that on dating apps? Yes. <laughs> That's part of putting yourself out there. Is yeah. putting yourself on dating apps. Like, you can't just hide in your kitchen, in your cupboard, Can I not? Yeah. with all Can your I? cooking knives. Well, That'd be great. You know. And putting yourself on dating apps, but also actually be willing to go on dates. You know? Knowing that they're not all going to be perfect. There are going to be some nightmares, right? We've all been on them. 
But it's like being willing to put yourself out there and say, yeah, I'll go for drinks, even though this person might not be a hundred percent what I'm looking for. Who knows? Maybe they'll surprise me. Yeah. Like being willing to put yourself in those situations and just see what happens. That's part of like the, I think the fun of it, like saying just frick it. What if this turns out really good? It might not, but what if it does? Oh, that's crispy. That was crisp. I was going to say, I get that. I mean, sometimes that's people's intention. Like I said, sometimes I get on an app just because I'm bored. And it's, I mean, not to, by any means, to keep somebody in orbit or to like keep them guessing, you know, but sometimes I like just scroll through and it truly is not with the intention to like match or meet the love of my life or like whatever. But sometimes I'm like, I'm just bored. But I will say that like, I think ghosting is just really, and I mean, again, No judgment on anyone that's done it because I also know that one, it's, I mean, it's easy to do. Even if you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. You know, like it's, but two, it prevents an awkward conversation or a potentially awkward conversation. So I understand the want to go that way. But like as somebody who has, honestly, I've been ghosted an alarming amount of times. It's ridiculous at this point. I'm not even kidding. It's insane. But One thing is that, like, you know, it sucks in the moment, but, like, now, hindsight, you know, I'm like, well, thank God, I think I dodged a bullet there. If somebody Mm -hmm. couldn't even give me the basic respect to tell me why they didn't want to talk to me anymore, I'm glad I didn't invest any more time into that. Right. But I do think it's just, it comes down to, like, a matter of respect for me. Uh, That's a personal view on it. It's just, you know, like, these two guys that I went out with recently, they were both, again, super nice guys. Like, there was nothing just egregious that I was like, oh, I would never see you again because of this. It was just, there wasn't chemistry. Mm -hmm. But it was like, I still respected the fact, one, they bought me drinks. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that doesn't obligate you to anything, you know? (laughs) But... But it's like, it again, you bought me drinks, you put time into this, you mm. like came out and spent like an hour or two hours on me. And it's not a bad thing if it doesn't work out. That's the whole point of dating. Sometimes it just doesn't. And that's not yeah. a personal attack. But it's like, I think it garners enough respect for me to at least shoot them a text and say, hey, thanks for the drinks. I don't see this going anywhere. But like, it was nice to talk to you. Yeah. And again, I have... I just, I get the nervous feeling that comes with it. I still get it. Mm. But I've never had somebody respond negatively when I like in the moment said, hey, this is just not going to work out. Like it was still nice to meet you. And I'm not saying I I have heard horror stories where people have like gone crazy, but I'm like, I personally have never experienced that. I've never had somebody freak out a hundred percent of the time. They've been like, well, thanks for letting me know. Because then too, I think it, it completely eliminates the chance of miscommunication, misunderstanding, Mm. hurt feelings. Mm. Like, yeah, it might for a minute might hurt, but also how hurt can your feelings really be if you met somebody for a single drink and they said that they didn't see? So right. How early on do you typically... I usually text them night of. Okay, okay. Because too, a lot of times, and I mean, it's not always, but usually guys will message right after drinks and say, hey, I hope you yeah, made it home yeah. safe. You know, mm-hmm. like whatever. Like, again, just like classic communication. Yeah. But usually I'll text them back and be like, it was super nice to meet you. I don't really see this going anywhere, but like I, I really do yeah. like appreciate the conversation and the drinks. Mm-hmm. You know, because too, I think there's even sometimes people like, yeah, maybe like we could meet up again, but it's like if you have no intention of meeting up again, like why not just tell them that there's no yeah. intention? Uh-huh. You know, 
I just know because, again, I would much rather, if somebody weren't into me for any reason, I don't even care what it is. If it's after one date, if it's after five dates, if something changes and you're no longer interested in seeing me, just tell me that. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, it might suck for the next day or two. And I might be like, oh, that sucks. I like this person. I was into it. But it's also going to take me a day or two to get over versus if I invest months of my time into you and you lead me to believe that this could go somewhere and then all of a sudden drop off the face of the earth, which has happened to me. It's infuriating. And it really is. And it's like those moments that just make you question a lot of things because it's like, I mean, the specific example, I was seeing somebody for like over two months Mm. and had every reason to believe that they were super into it. We were on the same page. We talked about it regularly. Yeah. And then with no explanation, just dropped off the face of the earth. And, you know, it's one of those things where it sucked, but ultimately it got to this point where I was like, I mean, I know what I bring to the table and I know that I deserved more of an explanation. So... (laughs) I'll say, I was like, if I were to have any last thoughts, I would say like to recap large picture overall, it would be, be your true authentic self at all times and don't apologize for who that is, whether it's physical, spiritual, mental, don't apologize. Somebody out there is going to match what you want and who you are. So don't settle. Be straightforward with what you're looking for and what you want and what you're feeling. And then... Yeah, it's gone. I don't know. That's it. (laughs) Splice that together however you will. I think the main final thought that I have is hold yourself to standards. However, you have to put yourself out there as well. That does not give you an excuse to hide away Mm -hmm. and just go, oh, when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. When it happens, it happens. You actually have to take steps forward to make sure that these things actually happen. There, there's participation involved in it. Yeah. However, yeah, sure. Have high standards. That's okay. As long as you are taking the appropriate steps yourself. I think that's the main takeaway there. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag we're all single. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, and that concludes a podcast about four single people talking about dating. Anyway, Lindsay, thank you for joining us. Talking about dating and dating apps. And let's round out season two with the good old Nux. Wayman, you coming over here for Nux? Okay, three, two, one. Ooh, that was a good one. That'll be a good one. Anyway, good night. Good night. Good night.